The following podcast is brought to you by Pro Wrestling Connect, Australia's newest choice for event management and brand development specialising in pro wrestling. And now, now the B Plus Wrestling Podcast. podcast. Watch global. global. Support local. local. It's the B Plus Wrestling Podcast. Podcast. Hello, and welcome to the Wrestling Landscape Podcast. I am your host, Lance Larson, and this is the casual wrestling podcast, the informal wrestling podcast. I am so excited about today's episode. And it's not because this will be the first Wrestling Landscape episode with no cussing, because my four-year-old nephew is uh, is within hearing distance. <laughs> but I am joined alongside my two brothers, Luke Larson and Trevor Larson. Trevor, you are returning to the Wrestling Landscape. How are you? I'm doing well. Yeah, wide awake? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and my older brother, Luke Larson, making his debut on the Wrestling Landscape podcast. Luke, how are you? Fabulous, fabulous. fantastic to hear. Um, on today's Wrestling Rewind episode of the Wrestling Landscape Podcast, we are talking WCW Halloween Havoc 1997 from October the 26th. And one of the main reasons why I'm so excited for today's episode is all three of us, I think, going to offer some different and unique perspectives on the proceedings and I'm thrilled to get into that. Before we jump into the matches, fellas, we got some uh, some business metrics to take care of. Before we do that, let's talk about your wrestling backgrounds. Uh, Luke, you're making your debut here on the wrestling yep. landscape. Yep. Hopefully the first of, of more to come. I'd, I'd, I'd love to. I, I would love to. <laughs> Unless, of course, you know, you suck and we, we kick you off the podcast. No, that's fine. So, <laughs> so you... This is a democracy. This that's is a democracy. <laughs> A perfect democracy. So you started watching wrestling when? Do you remember when you started watching WCW week to week? Well, WCW actually wasn't my first exposure oh. to professional wrestling. The, my first exposure was um, back when I was, oh boy, I, I was probably about five or six. And okay, so that'd be like, what, 93, 94? Yeah, right around in there. And back then, there was a place called Blockbuster. It doesn't <laughs> exist anymore. And um, they had old wrestling... VHS tapes, and so the first one that I got was Survivor Series 1990, um, and so I was able to see the, my first exposure was the debut of The Undertaker. Wow. So that's, uh, that was my first exposure, and then it became regular um, with WCW in the mid-90s. See, I did not know that. I'm so glad we're doing this. Wow. So it, I have a vivid memory of being very young and getting Survivor Series 91 mm-hmm. when Undertaker beat Hogan. Yes. So was did we get that shortly thereafter, or was that... It probably was, because once I watched it, I, I really enjoyed it, and I think every time we went back to Blockbuster, I usually, that was the, what I looked for. Okay, that might be my first pro wrestling, I think Survivor Series 91 then is my first pro wrestling memory. It could be. Because I remember that very vividly. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yep. That also explains why I like Survivor Series so much. And why I still like The Undertaker. Oh, wow. <laughs> I'm so glad we're doing this. I'm yeah. learning so much. There you go. <laughs> okay, so you, so you probably started watch, watching wrestling 93, 94. Probably right around there, yeah. Okay, and when do you think you started watching WCW week to week? Because I don't think... Because uh, they were just doing Saturday nights, I think. And obviously some various other shows. So, did you like? Did you watch the debut of Nitro? Do you remember that? Oh, no. Okay, uh, okay. I probably... Because I didn't even see Hogan's heel turn. Um, I wasn't watching it at that point regularly. Okay. It was probably late 96, if not early 97. Okay. Gotcha. And then you were watching WCW regularly until 99 then. Late 99? God, I just 99. <laughs> <laughs> a little too late, maybe. Yeah. 99 is when mom and dad made me turn it off. Yes, when we were no longer allowed to watch wrestling. <laughs> That's right. There was, uh, it was a cold few years. Yeah, <laughs> we, that happened. Yes, I, <laughs> the, the youngest brother, of course, doesn't remember that. At I, WCW? Yeah, yeah. There was, uh, they, it was just the end of a pay-per-view. Do you remember which one? And they were just cussing a lot at the end of the pay-per-view, and Mom and Dad were like, that's it. We're done. 
Well, no, part of the biggest, at least the biggest reason they told me was because Macho Man brought out those three scantily clad oh, women for his gosh. Great American Bash match. That's and right. And they were done after that point, so. That's, okay, so that's yeah. fun. Yeah. That's fun. So, and then we, I think we were still allowed to do tapes, though, if they were old enough. Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah. If, yeah. if we could, yeah, if we watched some of the older stuff before then, I, I don't think they might. Yeah. And I was able to sneak, like, if I, if I was turning the channel... I was able to, like, find, you know, Velocity, like, three years later mm. <laughs> on a Saturday night. Yeah, long live Velocity. But I don't think we were watching, at least for me, I didn't start watching live wrestling again until 2004. I was going to say, there was a, there was, there was a, uh, a gap in there, for yeah. sure. Because we, we'd get tapes every now and then, and every now and then I'd catch something. But I didn't start watching regularly again until 2004. Yeah. Um, which was partially Dad's fault. Because they were doing a, it was before WrestleMania 20, they were doing a special on it. Dad was flipping through the channel, so he's like, oh, Lance, check this out. This is cool. I'm like, yeah, it is. All right, then we can blame Dad for this Yeah, podcast. and then, then I got back into wrestling. There you go. Uh, Trevor, slip to you. You're the youngest of us three. What do you remember? What is your first memory of wrestling? Uh, I don't remember specifics, but I remember watching I remember WCW being on. You know, I was sure. I was three. I was two. Two and a half. Mm-hmm. I was two. Wow. When, yeah. At Hogan's heel turn. Mm-hmm. Um, so obviously you don't remember that. <laughs> so... But I remember WCW being on, sometimes getting pay-per-views mm-hmm. sporadically. Um, but I remember, I remember Hardys. I remember the Hardys. Yeah, because I when we cause, started watching WWE. Yeah, because I think that was during our five-year gap. We would turn on Hardys or yeah, because like I. That. What happened was I rented Eddie Guerrero too. I remember watching yes. some of his matches. In what got me on the Hardys is I rented WrestleMania. 2000, aka WrestleMania 16, um, and that was the triangle ladder match with the Hardys, Dudley, Edge, and Christian. Yeah, I didn't see that live. I never, I didn't see that. I didn't see that live either. I rented it from Blockbuster, yeah. and because I went into the match a Dudley's fan, and I came out of that match a Hardys fan. Naturally, <laughs> <So>. <laughs> which uh, you know that stuck with me. Um, okay, and then so do you remember picking back up watching them with us in like 04, 05? Well, that pay per view that you got turning bad. Point. Oh, that's right! Turning Point TNA. That's right, because I started watching TNA. Um, for some weird reason, I, Mom let me get that Wednesday $10 one-hour TNA pay-per-view. <laughs> Is that Turning Point? No, no. This, oh. this was like 03. I like begged Mom to let me get it. She finally came in, and the main event of that one-hour pay-per-view was a five-man ladder match. King of the Mountain match, to be specific. Oh, I remember those. It was very Russo-rific. And uh, that was the first time I saw AJ Styles. Mm. Fell in love. I, so I didn't... It was funny, because I didn't quite get, like, the face heel thing yet. And AJ was a heel. And I just remember thinking to myself, I was like, oh, why do you have to be so arrogant? I want to like you. And then, you know, I was nine at the time or whatever. Oh, 11, 10. 10. Whatever. Anyway. And then we started picking up an 04 on and off since then. And Trevor, you are qualified as a lapsed fan, I would say. You just started getting back into wrestling. When do you think you stopped watching wrestling or stopped liking wrestling? I was stopped um, somewhere in the neighborhood of 8th grade, ninth grade. Um, I chose not to anymore. And, and then, do you know what years that would have been? Would that have been like 07, 08, 09? Oh, well, I would have been, what, 14? So, 2008. 2008, okay. 2009. Because the last <clears throat> pay-per-view I got was No Mercy 09. Yep, I remember that. And then... You know, I kind of come back in and leave, and then I grew, you know, I'm older now and yeah. don't watch crappy wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> I remember trying to get back into it last year, and I don't know what paper you guys, I came over for last year. There was one of them that, that Luke had on, and I just was like, yeah, I'll just come over <laughs> for random stuff. Yeah. So, and then I started wanting to get back into it, and then Lance told me about AEW was coming back on, and he started showing me old matches. He showed me Will Ospreay, and he yeah. showed me... All this other stuff, and I was like, okay, there is good wrestling out there. Yeah. yeah. You know what I think it was? I think it was the mania where the Hardys returned. Oh, that's probably, Oh, that's right. That's well, uh, 33? I think, yeah. I think that's where you that's right. You started getting back into it again. Mania. What did you say? Mania. 33? Would that it have been? It was whatever year 34? they... Yeah, it was when uh, New Day was hosting, Yeah, and they added them to the... To um, make it a four-way tag match. ladder match. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Oh, wow, yeah. yeah. All, the, last, the last few manias just like blend together they really do so i don't know which number is which but yeah okay awesome and luke so you've 
uh, you kind of got out of wrestling in a, in a high school or so, wouldn't you say? Or am I misremembering that? Well, when you, when you started on, um, TNA, I didn't, I didn't really get into it with you. Right. So it was, right. I, once, it really stopped, I think, when I stopped watching WCW. In 99, 99. wow. Um, and then I married a, a professional right. wrestling fan, so that, that helped too. A but Stone Cold fan. A Stone Cold fan. An ardent Stone Cold fan. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, you know, obviously you get married and, you know, that interest peaks up again, but sure. I mean, yeah, in between there, I mean, it probably picked back up. Yeah. Early 2010s. So okay. There's there probably at least a good 11, 12 year gap yeah. in there where I was just kind of really not, not into it. Yeah. And then you guys got the network in early 2015. Right. Well, because uh, you missed Survivor Series 14. <laughs> I remember that professional <laughs> wrestling regret of my life because one of my favorite wrestlers of all time, Sting, returned and I wasn't there to see it. But right, anyway, right. That, that is neither here nor there. But yes, uh, right after Survivor Series, um, I was like, all right, we're getting it. Okay, I'm not sure. missing it, any more of this sure. stuff. So, yeah. So, late it. 2014, early 2015, yes. somewhere in there. Yes. Awesome, awesome. And then you've been pretty regular watching the pay-per-views ever since. Yeah, I mean, you know, when they're free, right, right. it helps. It's like you're already paying for it. It's like, yeah. why not? Yeah. So, okay. Awesome, awesome. And I got back in, because I kind of fell off after 2009, because I got that No Mercy pay-per-view, and I enjoyed it, and I watched some thereafter, but after that, I was kind of in and out. And what got me into it is because you guys got the network back, and I was coming over for pay-per-views, and then WrestleMania 32 was fascinating to me, mm-hmm. because Roman was still being pushed as the guy, and the crowd was booing him. And to me, that was just like the most interesting thing. I'm like, what is happening? Nothing's changed in Nothing. seven years. <laughs> that was seven years ago. No, no, that was not seven years ago. That was WrestleMania 32. Feels like seven years. Which, uh, would that have been 2015, I think? Yeah, something like that. Something like that. Feels like Roman's been here for a decade. Roman's, Roman's been here for a while. And shocked, so shockingly, it was Roman Reigns that got me back into wrestling. Cause, wow. uh, I think I'm the one fan that can say that. Cause I was just fascinated. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> I was just so interested that, like... Yeah, that is an interesting Yeah, match. and so I started watching, and then obviously WWE was a little disappointing, hearing about wrestling in Japan. I was like, oh, that sounds good. So I started checking that out, and that just opened the floodgates for, <laughs> you know, me watching IWF from Moscow at 10 p.m. on a Thursday night. And then you wrote for Australia. Yes, for I, I specifically covered Australian indie wrestling for Last Word on ProWrestling.com. Which they already know, probably. Which, I'm, I don't know who's listening, but... <laughs> it's worth repeating. <laughs> and I and I got really into that scene, and then that spurned new opportunities. Like this podcast! So, anyway, after 12 minutes of introducing our uh, professional wrestling background, which is important, um, let's go ahead and chat some, some business of Halloween Havoc. <laughs> Okay, so the Wrestling Observer newsletter is Dave Meltzer's newsletter. Huh? Um, and for every major show, they have fans email, call, write in, say, hey, was this a thumbs up show, thumbs down show, thumbs middle show? And yeah. what was your favorite match and what was the worst match? Okay. So the Wrestling Observer newsletter audience, 48% gave this a thumbs up. 10.5% gave this a thumbs middle. <laughs> <laughs> and a 41.5% gave it a thumbs down. I would have been, been in that 41%. Oh, man. Uh, the best match was voted Rey Mysterio versus Eddie Guerrero. No, not hands down. Yeah, I was hands, say, hands down best match That should match not surprise night. anyone. That was an amazing match. Well, for, for this pay-per-view, that was for an this amazing pay-per-view, match. Yes. Um, and on the worst match was voted Hogan Piper in the cage. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, both of you were surprised. Oh, I can't wait to go. Yeah, through because this they count Jacqueline and Inferno. <laughs> if you count that one, I'm surprised. And if you count what, whatever Alex Wright did with Steve oh, Michael in the oh, ring. Oh, <laughs> um, which I think that that match being voted best and the other match being voted worst should have been a you know like we know where this company should have gone and it did not go it that did direction. not go that way. We will save that discussion for a later day. Yes. Um. So this show drew twelve thousand. 457 th- fans, which was a sellout. 10,000, 138 of them were paid. So in ticket sales at the gate, they got $297,000 and another 102000 in merch. So that's 4000 for ticket sales and merch in the building that to night. To watch Inferno run around. To watch Inferno run around. They also had a 1.1 buy, pay-per-view buy rate. Okay. Which translates to 405,000 buys. Okay. So if this was a $30 pay-per-view, yeah. which, is, which is a safe to bet 
in Robert, uh, yeah. Sure. So I, I just use a $30 pay-per-view map, yeah. which would mean WCW would get $15 per buy because they split it with the cable companies. Right. So that means approximately this night drew $6.5 million in revenue for WCW. Wow. Mm-hmm. Amazing that this could pull six. Six and a half million dollars. <laughs> Amazing. Hey, man, they were so hot. Like, they, they really, really were. So uh, on the October 20th Monday night, mm-hmm. Nitro drew... 4.54 rating wow. on TV, which means 4.5% of the people watching TV that night were watching Nitro. Wow. Raw drew a 2.96 that night. That's incredible. So Nitro is still crushing Raw on the ratings. That's incredible. Now, a year from right now, a year from this moment, October 98, is the last time Nitro will outdo Raw. Man. A year after this. Okay, so just to compare it to WWF's October pay-per-view, which I like doing on these WWF yeah, sure. Uh So WWF's October pay-per-view was Bad Blood, the first ever Hell in a Cell match, Shawn Michaels and The Undertaker, oh. as was rated five stars by Dave Meltzer. Interesting. Which is an excellent match. If anyone is listening has not seen that Hell in a Cell match, please go watch it. It's I don't know very, if I've very seen good. it. That's, it's a long match, but it's very, very good. I'm okay with all that. So, Bad Blood, if they're good, i.e. NXT TakeOver last night discussion. Jeez. <laughs> anyway, it was an hour long. We're, this is not a TakeOver episode. Um, I already recorded that, so hopefully you'll listen to that before you listen to this. Um, WWF's Bad Blood drew 21,000 fans, 17,000 paid, hmm. but drew less money in ticket sales, 212,000. So they sold more tickets, but they were more inexpensive. Right. So 212000 Drew 101000 in merch, so about the same. And had a 0.6 pay-per-view buy rate, which translates to 240000 buys. Oh, my goodness. So they approximately had about $4 million in revenue compared to the $6.5 million for Halloween Happen. Oh. So that's about where these two companies are in October 97. Now, also important to note, the night before Bad Blood for WWF was the night Brian Pillman died. He was found dead in his hotel room uh, the morning of the pay-per-view. We are also approximately three weeks away from the Montreal screw job. I was just, I, that, that was my next question yes. I was about to ask you. <laughs> so the uh, the business is about to change for lots and lots of reasons. But that's the business side of the show. That's where they are compared to the WWF, the Fed, if you will. Guys, you ready to go match by match? Let's do it. Let's talk about this show. I am so excited. <laughs> Should we do it in our, our best Dusty Road voice? The whole no, time? absolutely not. <laughs> Luke and I was just practicing our Dusty Rhodes voice before this. <laughs> Jericho on his podcast makes everyone do the Dusty voice uh, if they ever bring him up. It's like a gimmick. <laughs> He's great. like, if you mention Dusty, you have to do, do an impersonation. <laughs> so the opening bout, Halloween Havoc 1997, is Yuji Nagata and Ultimo Dragon. Now, I know neither of you guys watch New Japan. And I always forget that WCW had a relationship with New Japan in the yeah. 90s. Yeah. So when I see Yuji Nagata coming out at a, as a young gun that he was then, I was flabbergasted because I did not expect to see Blue Justice on this show, who assumed to be IWGP heavyweight champion and also a failed MMA career. <laughs> but that was not necessarily his fault. That's Wait, all. Are we talking about CM Punk now? We're doing... Oh! That's that bottom. That's what I was thinking. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> uh, but this is not a podcast on Enochiism, so we'll leave that there. But Yuji Nagata, <laughs> Yuji Nagata defeats Ultimo Dragon in the opening contest. Luke, what were your thoughts on this? Yeah, you know, I uh, I, I I remember Ultimo Dragon. He was actually one of my favorite cruiserweights when I was watching WCW. Um, I really liked him in the ring. I thought this match was really just what I remember from the cruiserweight matches of the time. Um, very, very entertaining. There's always something going on. Um, you know, spots were great. Um, I th- if I remember correctly, I think there was one or two botches that I remember in, in this match, um, that kind of made me drop the, the rating I gave sure. it a little bit, but yeah, this, this was, this was one of those classic, uh, WCW cruiserweight matches that I, that I always enjoyed. Sure. Trevor? Yeah, it was, it was good. Nothing special. Oh, I feel like every time I watch Ultimate Dragon, I get these moments where I'm like, oh, I think I really like him. And then it just kind of like doles off. And so it's like, I've, I've looked at my last the last pay-per-view we did, and I mm-hmm. gave this same rating to the Ultimo Dragon match. Sure. What was that rating? We'll do ratings. Three. Three? Three flat? Yeah. Three flat from Big Trev. 
I give it a 2.75. 2.75 Plus. from Luke. Yeah, Dave's too. Yeah, of course I got Big Dave's. <laughs> big Dave's. <laughs> I love comparing against Big Dave's. I gave it a 3.75, three and three quarters. Wow, okay. thought this was very good. All right. Now, that also could be, I'm a little more familiar with Japanese-style wrestling. Yeah. So I could have been maybe just more familiar with what they were kind of going for. Um, that said... I do think Osmo Dragon was Americanizing his style a little bit, because this dude was much more popular in Mexico and Japan than he was here in the States. I can imagine. Um, and Yuji Nagata would obviously be much more popular in Japan than America. Um, Big Dave gave this uh, three and three quarters as well. Huh. Three, seven, five from Mr. Dave Meltzer. Something else to note, Raven on his flock came down and sat by ringside yes. <laughs> during this match. That's who that was. Yeah. <laughs> like, who are those weird goth kids? It was uh, soon to be Billy Kidman. <laughs> I was going to say, this is right before Billy oh, Kidman right. joined Raven's yeah. flock. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so the Cruiserweight division is about to pick up. Um, so yeah, I enjoyed this match. Good work. Um, basic psychology, but still made sense. Uh, I was surprised and Nagata got the win. Yeah. yeah, me too. Because Ultimate Dragon's a regular. He was, a, he is a regular, yeah. And I don't think Yuji Nagata is. I don't think he was at the time. No. So now, listen, he he could be back for next month's pay per view, and that's it. Mm-hmm. Like this could have just been like a one month thing for him. Mm-hmm. Um, but if, unless he's returning, I don't know why he got the win. Or unless Dragon was leaving, I don't know why he. Well, got he probably, the win. he's probably at least in the World War Three match. I mean, they, you they think need everybody they need bodies for that. It's they a good pull point. People up the street for that. Yeah, match. building up you guys. Building up Yuji Nagata for the World War III Battle Royal is super important and really <laughs> high on their list. Okay, now we're going to move on to our second match. Speaking of New Japan crossover, this one blew my mind even more so. It's Chris Jericho versus Gato, whom Yay. they entirely mispronounced his name the entire match, calling him Ghetto. And even when they asked for the correct pronunciation, Mike Tanay told them incorrectly, Ghetto. It's pronounced Gato, as any New Japan fan knows. <laughs> and, guys, I don't know if you know this, Gato is currently the New Japan booker. Oh, and okay. honestly, probably one of the smartest men in the business in 2019. All right. Which, looking at his appearance from 1997, might shock you, because he looked like an absolute doofus. <laughs> <laughs> he, he was a little odd-looking when he, he's, when he's He was there. a little odd-looking, but this, and he was an... Average wrestler, I would say. Average is kind of mean. He was a fine wrestler. Um, but nothing special as a wrestler. But he is a brilliant booker. And obviously Chris Jericho is Chris Jericho. So I enjoyed this match. I thought it was fun, but nothing special. Luke, what were your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, you know, in all honesty, for I, I mean, obviously I, I'm familiar with who Chris Jericho is and, and, and was now, mm-hmm. I guess. I mean, well, I guess he still wrestles in AEW now. But um, yeah, you know, I thought it was a, it was a good match. I, I thought that a lot, the spots were really good. I thought that... You know, it was another. It was kind of like the Nagata Ultimo Dragon match, where it, it kept your attention. There, there wasn't any point where I was like not interested in what was going on. Um, yeah, I thought it was a really good match. Yeah, Trev. Yeah, I thought it was very similar in in kind of excitement and uh, just the build up in it as the first match. And so, I you know, I feel like the way at this time I felt about Ultimo Dragon and Jericho, I was very similar. Like, I think I really like these guys, but. They just, you know, just kind of stopped at a certain point in terms of mm-hmm. how much I like them. So, so, yeah, I love watching Jericho in these old days, seeing his, yeah. his hair flow. And yeah. <laughs> <laughs> back, hair flow. Like when he was a handsome heartthrob baby face. That's yeah, right. Get the walls get of Jericho going. Yeah. It was, it's fun to hear him talk about his days in Mexico, because he was like a super heartthrob baby face then. So we talk about he'd walk out of a building and just be like swarmed with like teenage and 20-something women, just like kissing yeah. his cheeks and leaving. Probably doesn't happen now. Probably, <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> Does he, does he have, like, four kids? <laughs> he is married with two kids? Okay, all right. Three, I don't know how many kids. I don't know his wife. Uh, but, yes, he is he is a, he is a family man now yeah, with yes. a wife and a few kids. Yes, indeed. Um, I gave this match two and three quarters. 2.75. Trevor? Three. Three flat. Luke? Three, three flat for me, too. Three flat. Big Dave also Big Dave. gave it three flat. Okay. So we're all very close. We're all, we're all very right close right there. Something to keep in mind, if they're, if you're a quarter of a star difference, it's that's basically your agreement. So. Yeah. Okay. Uh, we had uh, Mongo McMichael and Deborah had a horrible statement with Mean Gene backstage. Mean Gene was the only one with charisma. Okay, we're going to move on to an all-time classic. You really enjoyed that. An all-time classic. When people talk about the WCW Cruiserweight division, yep. this is one of the first matches that gets brought up. This is a match that I still remember 22 years later and still talked about 22 years later. 
It is Mask vs. Title, Rey Mysterio Jr. challenging Eddie Guerrero for the WCW Cruiserweight Championship. Guys, there's only so much to say about this match. It was excellent. For its time in America, it was incredibly innovative and brand new. AAA had been doing some of this stuff in Mexico from, you know, from like 92 to 95 when they were super hot. Um, a lot of Japanese women wrestlers had been doing similar stuff in Japan in the early 90s. It was funny to hear Conan talk about like the AAA early days in Mexico. He said they got a lot of their stuff from Japanese women wrestlers. Oh, there you go. And they, you know, they did it in AAA, then they brought it up to WCW and did it in America. So, I don't know. That was weird lineage for a lot of the cool moves that kind of blow our minds in 1997. Guys, it was an Americanized style match with lots of cool lucha spots, mm-hmm. and it worked perfectly. Yeah, it was great. Luke, thoughts? Yeah, I mean, as, as much as the first two matches held my attention, this was one where it was like, it, it brought me to the edge of my seat to watch, because obviously I knew who both of these guys were, mm-hmm. um, obviously from my days watching WCW and you know, knowing about, um, you know, mid-2000s WWE and obviously Ray's still going right now. But yeah. Um, but yeah, this this was exactly what I remember from those two guys from those days. It was a it was a, a definitely a nostalgia moment um, getting to see those two wrestle um, and just like they always do at the highest level. So yep. it was a great match. The springboard moonsault DDT. That's yeah. right. <laughs> Trevor. There was one moment. Uh, I wish I could remember. I was just trying to think about it while we, we were talking. But there's one moment where I got excited and when I was watching in my room, you know, by myself. With the lights turned off, you know. <laughs> As you should always watch Rey Mysterio around that. make it weird for the listeners. Um, no, it was normal. Um, <laughs> there was one moment where I got excited. <laughs> you, you, you can't describe the situation and say, I got excited. <laughs> <clears throat> there was a <laughs> thrilling point in the match. Uh, We're peeking the speaker so bad on this. <laughs> to to which I uh, I jumped out of my seat and went, "Whoa, <laughs> whoa, Nelly!" I, try, I wish I remember which part of the match. Sure. No, you're, I'm sure there were several of that. Yeah, there was probably a couple times where, where that that would have been the case. You know? you know, I don't normally do that with a lot of matches, even AEW or right something. So right, guys, can we agree that like even if this match were to happen in 2019? Like, it would still be rated very highly. Like, it would oh, yeah. move for move pace exactly the same. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It would, yeah. Like, this is, this is a match that could have happened anywhere, anytime, and it would be considered a good match. Um, uh, also, before, well, I guess, we'll have, so I gave this four and a half. Okay. Luke? I give this, uh, four, four, two, five. Four and a quarter from Luke. Four and a half. Four and a half. Big Dave gave it four and three quarters. Wow. So we're all very high on this match. As like this match is like the poster child for the WCW Cruiserweight division, so as as we all should be. Now, Trevor, this is the third pay per view in a row where the Cruiserweight Championship changed hands. That's right. You you've been watching WCW pay per views since '96 uh, Bash at the Beach, Great American Bash. Remember, you started a pay per view early. Oh yeah. <laughs> you said it was. I think you said it was that one. I started watching it because you said that was Hogan's heel yeah. turn, Trevor, and I watched the wrong one. Yeah. <laughs> Trevor asked me which one Hogan turned heel on. I said Bash at the Beach. He got confused in his head. He started watching Great American Bash. Yeah, cool. They got two bashes. They got two bashes. So you've been watching pay-per-views since uh, May 96. Yes. (laughs) Not June 96. May 96. (laughs) Do you feel like any of these frequent title changes is hurting the importance of the belt at all? Or does that not matter to you? Because it's an undercard title? Uh, Well, what I think it's... I think just doing two things. I think it's... It's um, building up the talent. There's uh, there's more than just two guys right. at the top, which is what it seems like with the belt. You know, Hogan's mm-hmm. only fighting Luger or Piper <laughs> for most of the time. <laughs> um, so what it does for the cruiserweight is it says there's plenty of talent that's yeah, striving It's a very belt, competitive division. Which is good. Yeah. But then it also does what you said, and it's kind of, you know, the belt's not that important. Right, right. So, and num- plus, in some of these, you have other matches. You have multiple cruiserweight matches. So you have first one, you know, is a nobody match or something. The next one is for the title belt. <laughs> Yuji Nagata just got called a nobody by Trevor Larson throwing shade. I, <laughs> <laughs> I said the wrong. Word. <laughs> but you have that. You have you have the title match and you have another match, and you know anybody, any four of those guys could be fighting for that. Right. 
the belt. Right. Whereas in these other matches, you're like, oh, it's Hogan, Piper, you know, nobody else is going to fight for it. Yeah. So for you, as someone that's been watching pay-per-view since 96, is the main event talent getting a little stale to you? Tired of seeing the same guys? Or not quite Like I said, he's fighting Luger, Piper. (laughs) Sting shows up, points at people with a bat and leaves. (laughs) Comes out from the rafters. That's the same thing basically every time. So you're ready for something different at the top of the card. I'm ready for something different. And actually, I... I haven't Ooh. been watching the Nitros, but, you know, Goldberg shows up in this pay-per-view. Goldberg does show up in this pay-per-view. I ca- surprisingly, I got excited about. Hey! <laughs> I never knew I'd get excited for Goldberg. <laughs> Goldberg and Lesnar are the biggest turnoffs for Trevin in professional hey, he, wrestling. In 98, he got insanely hot. And if it weren't for him, WCW probably would have started going down sooner. Yep. He really helped Makes extend sense. the life of their business. Makes sense. And they completely lucked into it. <laughs> so, which we will we will talk about as he gets more involved with the pay-per-views. But for right now, he is very much a background player in WCW. Promotional consideration paid for by the following. Hey, everyone. Just want to take a second to tell you about one of our new sponsors, Outbreak Nutrition. Outbreak Nutrition are creating supplements for survival, sharper minds, quicker reflexes, all the energy you need to take your performance to the next level, whether that be on the field, in the gym, On the gaming field, that's right, they have specifically designed gaming supplements as well to help you focus on those late night sessions. They even sell coffee, you guys, at Outbreak Nutrition. You can get coffee pods, you can get coffee beans, you can get supplements for the bedroom as well if you want to enhance your performance there. These are performance-enhancing supplements for every aspect of your life, specifically designed by gamers for gamers to stay fit and healthy in the gym, to stay sharp and focused on the game, and to dominate in all areas of life. So check out OutbreakNutrition.com. And for being a listener of our podcast, they will give you 10% off your order when you enter the code B+. That is B-P-L-U-S at checkout. So make sure if you want to stay on top of your game, if you want to take your performance to the next level, OutbreakNutrition.com. Enter the code B+, at checkout. Hey guys, just a reminder, if you want to hear all of these wonderful B-plus podcast episodes completely ad-free, make sure you head over to Patreon or Podbean, where we are the featured podcast this week. You can subscribe for as little as a dollar a month, up to $10 a month, where anything you want to help us with, it really helps out. It's going to help us grow the site. It's going to help us redesign some things. And everything that we get through this and through the advertising as well is all going straight back into the podcast so that we can get Aussie Graps out there for the rest of the world to hear about, for the rest of the world to see, so we can grow this mission of watch global, support local, and build indie wrestling. So if you want to be a part of that and get some really cool rewards like call-in shows, bonus episodes, ad-free like I mentioned, then head over to patreon.com slash the B plus and subscribe today. Um, next, we got two oh, barn burners here now. We got, oh, the, <laughs> the rest of the night is just filled with barn burners. We we have a <laughs> we are certainly past the uh, work rate part of the pay per view. Yes. Next we have a Bischoff Hogan promo. Hogan says he will not wrestle if Sting is not banned from the arena, setting up a show long storyline that will be furthered as we go on. <laughs> Next we have Alex Wright. <laughs> Well, versus, it was Steve McMichael versus a mystery partner. It was, <laughs> it was Alex Wright was a. Oh, that's right, because Deborah was just coming yeah. out with anyone. Yeah, because Jarrett wasn't there. Oh my! This, this is when Goldberg shows up yeah. in the middle of the match. So I'm sorry, you're right. It is it is Steve Mongo McMichael. <laughs> is he Mongo yet? Like I know. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. He, okay. Oh okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Great so, football player. Yeah. <laughs> Steve Mongo McMichael, formerly of the NFL, going on with Alex Wright. Um, so this match happened, yes, and did. then Goldberg Goldberg attacked Mongo while Deborah distracted the ref, and yeah, Alex ref had no idea. Ref had no idea. Somehow, can, can, okay, can somehow, we, can we can we talk about the fact that listen, props to Charles Robinson for acting as distracted as he possibly could, doing the role he was supposed to. When do. She, when this lady did nothing to distract the referee, she's on the ground. Good. Listen, Charles Robinson, standing ovation for you, man. You were the star of this match, hands down. He was half turned to the I ring. Know. He, he did the best this he was, could. And there's moves happening. And... 
the ring is shaking beneath him with the weight of three men. He turned around and Alex Wright was laying on the ground not moving. And then all of a sudden, the moves happen and he's on top of Mongo. Uh, folks, you need to go watch the finish of this match for yourselves. Um, or not. No, no. Don't, they don't need to. So, uh, so Goldberg is on a WCW pay-per-view doing an angle. I'm helping the TV champ Alex Wright get a win. No, Disco's a t- TV champ. Disco has a belt. Disco's a TV... When did Alex Wright lose it? Did he lose it on he Nitro? He lost it to Disco to, on uh, Nitro. He lost it to Disco. Thank yeah. you. Luke watched the Nitros leading up to Oh, I this, bet that so. was a great match. <laughs> <laughs> Two dancing fools in the ring doing absolutely oh. nothing. <laughs> hey, that match writes itself. No so, pun intended. Yeah. So I'm, I'm not the former, the former TV champ getting a win here. Fellas, I gave this match one and three quarters stars. Luke? Uh, I was a one seven five as well. Um... Most of it because of Charles Robinson. <laughs> and do you have any other thoughts on the match you want to contribute? I mean, okay, so I, here's, here's... I think it was a different ref. It would probably have been like a quarter star for Luke. Um, I, I thought because Goldberg was an ex-football player and because Mongo was an fo- ex-football player, I like the... I thought the idea of having... of being like the payment for Goldberg... Getting the win for Alex Wright, a Super Bowl. I thought that was a great idea. Sure, yeah. That's a great angle. Yeah. It was done terribly, (laughs) but I like the idea. I love the idea. Sure, sure. That's so true. I don't think about it. That's a really good point. Trevor? Trevor? Uh, Mongo always has some good spots. I think sometimes he can be good. Um, He, uh, He uses his size to advantageous presence. Yeah. Alex Wright, uh, in the two or three matches I've seen of him now, has not furthered any match. <laughs> if... <laughs> oh, not yet, Austin. Not yet, buddy. That is the aforementioned four-year-old nephew, if you can hear him. Isn't he, th- isn't he three? <laughs> three. He'll be four in two months. Um, oh, I'm jumping the gun! Yeah. He rounds up to four. Um, Might as well. If, if Alex Wright was not fighting in any of these matches, they would have gotten better. If it was Mongo <laughs> just fighting the Invisible Man... <laughs> They would have been better. The, who knew if the Invisible Man had just made his debut a few years earlier? <laughs> so I gave this two and a half. Two and a half from Trevor. It was fun at times. Not fun. I shouldn't say fun. <laughs> Do you want to know what Big Dave Meltz gave this? Under one? Minus 1.5. No way. <laughs> oh, we can go negative? He does. I don't. I'm zero to five as my tight structure. Oh, my he, word. He has no floor. He has no ceiling. Meltzer has gone like minus 486 on something before. <laughs> Wait, is that the next match? <laughs> oh, no, because it wasn't in a match. Oh, that's true. Doesn't count. It was a marathon run by Disco Inferno. Okay, so before we get to that match, yeah. we have Macho Man cutting an incomprehensible promo. <laughs> Literally, I told Luke, I leaned over to him, I said, Dude, never put this guy in the mic ever again. No one. Come on, we're gonna raise him. Oh yeah, DDP. I'm gonna get him. No one on planet Earth, especially Elizabeth, who was right next to him, could possibly understand what on God's green earth he was trying to say. Oh my goodness. Next, speaking of incomprehensible, we have Jacqueline versus Disco inferno fellas i had read that this match replay was was punishment for disco he did something in the back um to upset somebody and so they booked him to lose to jacqueline in which most of the match he just ran away <laughs> i'd say 95 percent. and and who would who knew 22 years later disco inferno would be repeating this gimmick in impact wrestling much to the dismay of everyone. <laughs> no way he repeated it. He, he, yes, he, he, he was shooting with the entire women's division in Impact Wrestling. I hated it. Anyone that knows Jack crap about wrestling hated it. Um, Luke, Luke, but we're not, but we're not here to talk about Impact Wrestling in 2019. We're here to talk Halloween Halloween 97. Luke, your thoughts on Jacqueline defeating Disco Inferno. Are we sure that Disco feuding with the entire women's division isn't just a reflection of Disco's real life? <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, yeah, uh, yeah, this, this was, um, yeah, it was interesting. Um, I mean, yeah, there's not much <laughs> exactly about exactly. it. It's just like, one what of those, can you say? <laughs> I mean, yeah, the, the, there was like one spot where I went, okay, nice move. Sure. 
the rest of it was just yeah. a disaster. And, like, they really played up the psychology of he's like, I want to win, but I don't want to punch her, which is sexist, but whatever. It's an agreed-upon match. Like, if the rules are the rules. Um, so I thought that, like, for what they were going for, at least was psychologically sound. So I gave it one and a quarter. No way. I gave it one and a quarter. Because I thought what they were going for at least made sense. Um, but Jacqueline would very much get better as a professional wrestler as I was time saying, went she on. She became WF Women's Champ, didn't yes, she? Yes, she, yeah. she certainly got better than where she was here. Trevor, thoughts on this match? <laughs> your side can be your comments if you want it to be. <laughs> I just, I, I don't understand. <laughs> exactly. Let's talk about that. Like, this is the stuff WCW is putting on pay per view when you actually had to pay. Remember, they made six point five million dollars. <laughs> and Trev made the comment earlier. This was before. This was long before we started. But he made the comment. He he said. This is beating WWF? Yeah, yeah. Guys, this is beating a five-star classic in the Hell in a Cell. I thought the the spots that actually did happen in this were good. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. But they were few and far between. I gave it a 0. .25. 0. .25. Luke? <laughs> I gave it a 0. .5. Meltzer gave it 0. .25. Yeah, with Meltzer, Big Dave. Just a quarter star from Big Meltz. Okay. I'm surprised he gave this a higher rating than, rating than the... <laughs> I mean, at least that was a wrestling match. Yeah, yeah. I'm hey, I'm with you. I gave the last one higher too. Hey, can we talk? Okay, wait. I, I, I hate to go back. No, please. To a previous match, please. Can we talk about how the announcers did not once talk yes. about the Mongo McMichael Alex right no, now? They the <laughs> entire time they were talking about the 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 uh, Hogan and the oh, promo. Yes. They didn't even announce the match, <laughs> guys. Until so, the end, and they were like, "Whoa, something happened." And, <laughs> and Heenan was like, "Whoa," and something. <laughs> that's literally like towards the end, like right before he ended. guys. That is a reoccurring problem with WCW, especially as we go forward. It's just all about the top guys, which is fine. If promotions are all about their main event, that's fine. But in time, that comes to really hurt this promotion because people start not caring about the main event talent. And even towards late 97, like Trevor was talking about, people are ready for something new. They're not quite ready yet for the NWO to just go away. Ready for Goldberg. But oh, they get ready for Goldberg fast. Um, and of course, WCW does everything they can to kill that. Um, but we'll talk about that as we go. Next, we had uh, a match that made sense from last mm-hmm. pay-per-view's booking. Yep. Um, Luke War- <coughs> or uh, Fall Brawl '97 mm-hmm. ended with a War Games match. Yep. Kurt Hennig was supposed to be the fourth member of the Horsemen. Instead, he joined the NWO and gave them the victory. Flair is obviously working for revenge here. But instead, he gets a DQ. Yeah. <laughs> Thoughts on the match? Now, look, I might be in the minority with this, but in all honesty, Kurt Henning was one of my favorite performers in the ring mm-hmm. growing up. I thought Mr. Kurt, I thought he was great in the mm-hmm. ring. I, 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 I loved watching Kurt Henning. And I'm like, okay, we got a Ric Flair, Kurt Henning match. I thought this, I'm gonna, I thought I was going to rate this one the highest of any of the matches in favor. Yeah. I was very disappointed and let down. Um, by what went on, um, I thought it could have been a lot better, especially with who was wrestling in the match. Yep. Um, I enjoyed it. Anytime Flair wrestles Henning, I'll, I'll watch that. You say, tell me Flair is wrestling Henning, I'll watch that any day of the week. But yeah, the performance and kind of what, Fla- kind of going out of character with their, with what they did in the ring almost was sure. a little bit of a turn off to me. So, yeah. um, yeah. yeah. I, it was, it was an average match to me. Yeah. yeah. On, same, same. So it, um, because it was a grud match, they are going to work it a little differently. Sure. Um, and here in 97, Hennig is well past his, let's say, physical peak. Mm. He has had some major back problems. He is on copious amounts of drugs to deal with those back problems, which would lead to an early demise for Mr. Perfect. So he is not in the best shape. He still works amazingly well for someone yes, with a does. terrible back. Yes. <laughs> Especially with that classic perfect bump where he's holding onto the top rope mm-hmm. and like someone kicks out his legs and he just instantly lands in the back of his head. Cause he's Kurt Hennig and he bumps for the business that made him. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and his dad. Um, good old Larry Hennig. The X. The X. Former AWA tag team champion back when the AWA existed and mattered. <laughs> but Vince McMahon took that away from us too. So, um, so yeah, like I said, this was a logical rematch from the previous pay-per-view. I thought it, w- it it had good heat, thought it was a decently worked match, but the DQ finish really hurt it for me. Yeah. Is there a rematch upcoming? Like, there has to be. 
Like, this can't just be the end of this. Which I, I can't Nitro. imagine they'd end it. Yeah. In the feud like this. The problem with WCW, though, is, is that it might be. Because what happens is that you have people that neither of them want to lose, right. so you get a DQ finish to a feud. Now, Flair is not someone that does that. Flair's no. usually just fine with losing to people. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to assume that this is going to move forward and have some kind of conclusion, unless they pull a WCW and just drop it all together and never talk about it again. Not because someone won't job, but because they just forget and don't care, because it's not about Hogan, Hall, or Nash. Or Piper. Because <laughs> as Bischoff once famously said, the only people that ever drew a dime in this business were Savage, Piper, and Hogan. <laughs> he said that to his roster. <laughs> That's good for a boy. This morale. company, yeah, I know. Savage. Trevor, Trevor, thoughts on this match? Uh, I, I, was, I was okay with it. I yeah. liked it. Yeah, uh, I thought the ending screwed it up, but yeah. maybe yeah. it's because I'm tracking the pay per views and. I, I liked where it was going, and so that I had emotion into it. Yeah, yeah, because um, of the last pay-per-view. So, I thought this match was okay. You're going to be surprised by my rating, oh, I think. what but, is it? Uh, 3.75. 3.75! Oh, wow. Wow, right. even with the DQ finish, Luke. All right, yeah, I had it as a uh, 2.5, 2.5. Um, just really right smack dab in the middle. I thought it was yeah. an average match, yeah. I gave it 3. <clears throat> so, we were all, like, spacing each other yeah, out. Yeah, right, Dave? Big Dave gave it 1.75. Okay. <laughs> so we all disagree with Meltzer. Yeah. Uh, which is which is fun. I disagree with Meltzer all the time. As we all should. It's one man's opinion when you're writing a match. Yeah. Or one woman's or person or whatever pronoun you prefer. Moving on. We have good old J.J. Dillon giving... Bis- yes, that J.J. Dillon. That, the same, very same one. <laughs> the very same one. The only J.J. Dillon in the business. Have you ever ever met anyone else named J.J. Dillon? Okay. He is giving Bischoff the contract saying Sting is, without a doubt, banned from the arena. And Bischoff still uh, cowers away saying, wait, you don't have that kind of pull? Three different times. Um, But it looks like the contract is signed, and so Hogan is back to a corner and will most likely have to participate in the main event. Next. We have a match that also logically proceeds from last month's pay-per-view. Scott Hall and Lex Luger going one-on-one with Larry Zabisco as the special guest referee. Because last month there was a... (laughs) Yep, yep. Last month (laughs) there was a pay-per-view that had Hall and Luger on opposite sides of a tag match. And the ref was bumped, so another one came out. That ref was bumped. So Larry Zabisco, the living legend, came down from from, uh, from the commentary booth and counted the pin... Which is not official in any way, shape, or form. They rang the bell. Yet they rang the bell and the match ended. <laughs> so this month, Larry Zabisco is officially the special guest referee for Hall and Luger. Guys, this is not my cup of tea. Luke, what were your thoughts on this? Yeah, th- you know, and I, when you say it's not your cup of tea, it this, like, other than Zabisco being the, the special guest referee, like... These are the guys that, you know, I I, I think yeah. I voted more with my uh, my heart, heart than my head on this mm-hmm. one. Um, so I probably liked it a lot more than you guys will. I can if you liked it at all, you liked it more than I did. But um, yeah, it, it, it was it was fine. I mean, I, I wasn't blown away by it. It was it, it was fine. It was late nineties shenanigans. Yeah, if you were a fan of those, you were a fan of this, Trevor. Yeah, it, it wasn't memorable, but I thought it was okay. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's it. That's it for this. That's it for this. I uh, I gave it two stars, question mark. No. Yeah, that's basically <laughs> You mine. almost question yourself on I the question you my, gave it? Yeah, yeah, because I, I don't know, two. I like, questioned mine as well. That was just that was just my reaction. <clears throat> Luke? Yeah, I kind of went back and forth on mine. I, I think I, I floated between like a two and a two and a half. Mm-hmm. I ended on a two and a half because like I said, it floated sure. more than my heart than my head. Luke, you so like what you like. Never yeah. let someone tell you you shouldn't like something. Or that you have to like something, okay? Pro wrestling is completely subjective. Trevor? Three. Three flat from Trevor. <laughs> Big Dave gave this a 0.75. Okay. <laughs> Big Dave was not a fan of this. Oh, that's hilarious. This match is clearly setting up Zabisco versus Bischoff at Starcade. So we are starting that storyline. Yes, that match happens. I'm I was most- just about to ask, please God, tell me that does not happen. <laughs> nope. Does Bischoff just run around the whole time? <laughs> Pull an inferno? Uh, no, no, he does not. So we, we have a Zabisco and Bischoff upcoming. At the most bought WCW pay-per-view of all time, folks, that match is outdrawing WWF. Amazing. Okay. 
So, before we go on, I want to talk about... So, clearly, there are bright things about the company. There's things we've praised. Oh, for sure. But there are lots of warning signs that this company has a lot of internal problems. And we haven't gotten to most of them yet. We haven't even gotten to most of them yet. Most of them are the next two matches. Most of them are the next two matches! So, I... Listen. The money was coming in at this time. And so, it just seems people got it in their head that, hey, we know what we're doing. Because look at the money that's coming in. Yeah, we're doing it right. Right. We, whatever we're doing wrong can't be that bad. Right. But eventually, people are only o- willing to overlook so much before they stop giving you their business. It's happening with the WWE ratings right now, mm-hmm. and it happened with WCW come the second half of 98. Because people are still hot. They still like what's going on. Goldberg comes along, keeps them up even more. Yep. Once they get tired of that, yep. people start tuning out, stop buying less pay-per-views. And that's what happens. This is the same company that would include Carl Malone and Dennis Rodman in a tag yeah, team match. Dennis yes. Rodman, yeah, it was on yes. that match. Uh, and Jay Leno. And Jay Leno at Road Wild 98. <laughs> One day, fam. That's coming. One day. Why do they even do Road Wild, any of those? They don't They don't make a cent on ticket sales because there's no tickets. Not a penny. Which, guys, think about it. They made $300,000 at the gate on this show. Zero <laughs> for Road Wild every year. And people wonder why this company lost money. Now, don't get me wrong. Carl Malone actually is part of one of my favorite spots in WCW history. <laughs> he, apparently, Carl Malone was a total professional. Yeah. He worked hard, and he was fine. Yes. No one had a single complaint about Carl Malone. That sounds like Carl Malone. <laughs> it was Dennis Rodman. That I'm not so surprised about. <laughs> I don't think, if you told anyone that those two were going into a, a new industry that they had no part of to do like one day of work, and you were to ask who, who was going to be professional and who wasn't, Everyone would pick correctly on that one. I don't think the NBA thought Dennis Rodman was a professional. <laughs> no one did. Okay, guys, let, let's get to it. Let's uh, let's do this. Okay, we had Randy Savage versus DDP, and I don't know what they called it, but it was a last man standing match. They had a special yeah. name for it. Do you remember what it was? Um, I didn't even bother writing it down. Because it, it was just a last man standing match. Did they to, even name it? They had a special name for it. It was like a... Oh, were they in Vegas? Yes. It was, it was like a Vegas street fight knockout something or other. I just wrote down last in, last man stadium match because that's what it was. Um, this is not my kind of match. I They worked hard. There was some psychology I appreciated. His ribs and... Yeah. Yeah. Working the torso. Yeah. Um, fake Sting got involved. Which one? The... A fake Sting got involved. I just wait for the next match. At, at this point, I, I almost feel like it, it, it's Sting 1, Sting 2, instead of Thing, <laughs> thing 1, thing, thing 2. Like, there's just a hundred... Like, that actually know. worked really well. <laughs> I, yeah. Um, which gave Savage the victory over DDP in this. DDP came in injured. Like Trevor said, he attacked the ribs throughout the match. Savage got the win. Luke, what did you think about this? Yeah, you know, I mean, the match itself I thought was just really odd. I, I would have liked to have just seen him in a regular match. I thought that would have been fine. I thought that probably yep. would have worked better. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I forgot how great DDP was at playing to the crowd. He, he was a he was a really good showman. Um, I forgot that about him. So, um, I enjoyed watching his performance. Yes. Um, and so I think I, I might have looked at that a little bit more strictly and, and given, that, given that a higher mat, higher rating. <laughs> um, but yeah, I thought DDP was, was a great showman. Awesome. Uh, Austin, Austin, what, uh, what, uh, Austin, do you, do you like wrestling? Yeah. Yeah? That's awesome. Why can't, why can't you do That's, <laughs> well, you know, one of the greatest matches of all time is yeah. Scar and Mufasa. Yes, you know, absolutely. So. In an Inferno match, In nonetheless. Inferno match, yeah. <laughs> Five and a half stars. <laughs> Trevor's breaking the scale on that one. And it was a lumberjack match with the hyenas it was, a lumber, it was a lumberjack Inferno <laughs> match. Lumberjack. <laughs> the first ever of its that's kind. That's right, that's right. Oh, anyway, uh, Trevor, what were your thoughts on this match? I don't think After we had the run-in from Austin. I don't think I've ever enjoyed a Macho Man match. <laughs> in WCW. Correct. Okay, I was gonna... Oh, I was like... I since, was gonna say. since I started watching... Okay. In 96. Sure, since May 96. Great American Bash, Bash of the Beach, whatever it was. Uh, I still... I think I still have yet to enjoy a Macho Man We should watch some good Macho Man stuff from his WWF Please. Please. Yes. He had some, he had some good ones. Show me he's good. Um... <laughs> DDP, I usually like watching, so yeah. this was kind of interesting to see them go at it and kind of give me. Uh, it was it felt weird the whole time, and but DDP was kind of good and it was okay at some points. Sure, yeah. sure. Um, I went two and a quarter. 
for the star rating. Luke? Uh, I went three and a quarter. Three and a quarter? Yeah. Trevor? Two and three quarters. Two and three quarters? Big Dave went three and a quarter. All right. Y'all were a little higher than me, including Big Dave. Big Dave. But guys, we're there, okay? <laughs> oh my gosh. We are, uh, we're at the main event. We are at the main event. Roddy Piper versus Hulk Hogan. For the third or fourth time. I believe it's the third time. pay-per-view in the last year and a half. Yes. Um, Unless in the last ten months. Yes. Their first encounter was at Starcade 96. Um, They met sometime in the spring, correct, of 97 at a pay-per-view? Was it Spring Stampede it, it was or the uh, Super Brawl? Yeah. In it was Super February Brawl. March. If it was February, I think it's Super Brawl. Most positive is February Super Brawl. And then uh, their third and final match here at Havoc 97. Guys, I don't even know if this match was for the title or not. The they never said. They never, they never said. said. And they never gave him the belt afterwards. Well, and because Piper <laughs> held on to the belt for two weeks beforehand. Oh, did he? Yeah. So oh. what happened was is the Piper came out oh. and was doing a, a promo. And this is where he said the famous line, in Salt Lake City, Utah, I've had more cage matches than Brigham Young had wives. Look it up. That actually happened. Um, Oh, my gosh. And the NWO came out and attacked him. And Piper uh, got the belt and kept it. And so Hogan, for the next couple weeks, was all upset. He wanted the belt back. And Piper said it was in in safe hands. Apparently, he gave it to Sting. So Hogan hadn't even had, had the title for, like, three weeks prior to this match. Piper brought it out. He wasn't even the champ. Sure. I don't even know if they really ever answered that question. They never did. You would think when there's a champ who has his belt stolen by the challenger, that's the kind of match that would for be the title. They never specified. The ref wasn't even in the ring until 20 minutes into this thing. Yeah, they, 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 the ref locked himself Which, out. Yeah, yeah. Can we, can we talk about the front door? Literally, as they're going out, five, ten minutes into the match, Bobby the Brain's like, oh, if Hogan goes out, the match is over. Hogan goes out, Piper follows him. And I'm like, oh, nothing. <laughs> and then the match kept going. I went, what? When, why is that door unlocked? And then they show him lock it later. And then the ref comes in later easily. He doesn't even lock it. He just opens it. I was like, so he didn't even lock it earlier when they showed him locking Did it? Did they figure out halfway through the match they were supposed to keep it locked? I have no idea. Were you supposed to? And then it was like a pin. I thought you were supposed to escape the cage and that's how you win. <laughs> nope. But they got pinned. The ref flew in. Guys, this is the cage match WCW put up to counter Hell in a Cell. <laughs> this is the I, I would have just live streamed the Hell in a Cell. <laughs> I was confused. So, folks, if you haven't seen this match, there was no rhyme or reason to anything. Piper and Hogan didn't take a single bump. No, no they didn't. <laughs> this match was beyond atrocious. Savage made a run in and did a, a jump off the top of the cage. Oh, I forgot about that. The That's one right. exciting thing. Yeah, that was cool. Almost that was bro- the coolest part of the match. Almost broke his ankle. <laughs> that was awesome. Luke, you Can we to- talk about the cage itself? The cage itself! So That thing looked like it couldn't hold me. <laughs> it was very flimsy. So guys, think, think about how in a cell cage, how it was like on the floor and not on the apron, but without a roof, and it's the crisscross beams instead of the mesh fence. <laughs> I'd never seen it before in my life. I hadn't seen it since. Like, I've never seen a quote-unquote cage match like this. What about about that Bret Hart cage? Uh, That was the blue bars. That that looked safer than this. That looked way safer. Yeah, that was like heavy metal. You're talking about Bret Hart, Owen Hart, SummerSlam 94? Yeah, yeah, semi-main. Should have mained. Um, That's a different discussion. Uh, But yeah, so this was atrocious. And then... The millions of fake stings come out. <laughs> For no reason. They didn't do anything. Because we're not even at the worst part yet. We got to talk about the fan later oh, on. The fan. <laughs> we, the, the <laughs> this company made six and a half million dollars. I'm changing my rating as we go along. <laughs> Guys, this company drew four... four okay, think about this. 405,000 people chose to spend $30... Plus tax. And three hours watching this. And three hours watching this to watch this match. You could watch a football game in this time. Guys, it does not matter how much goodwill a pro wrestling company builds with its audience. If you keep giving them stuff like this, you run people away. That's just how, honestly, business in general works. And even more specifically, pro wrestling. So these millions of fake things come out and do what? Nothing. Are they like the Watchers from the Marvel Universe? They just stand there and observe? They, and they do nothing in the end except for get that 
fake oh, fans sting out. And we're we're getting there. So it's like they're they're <laughs> trying to tease Hogan Sting. They're trying to do this long term story of Hogan Sting. So like, well, like every pay this happens too. He'll come yeah, yeah. out and just watch the main event and yeah. you're like the fans are like standing up, like, oh, Sting's gonna do something, do something. Yeah. No, just stand there. And so it teases it, which worked at first. Yeah. But you get to October 97, and it's like, guys, can we get to the payoff? Which they well, do in two months. And Hogan actually played it off really well, because when he was walking away and he saw the two fake Sting's yeah. coming out, he, he got, sold it. He was, he looked like somebody. He saw ghosts. Yes. Yep. And yep. so he just, he played it off well, but it never amounted to anything. Never amounted no. to anything. So as we're as we get closer to Starcade '97 and the big showdown, hopefully the teases start to actually become builds, and we can get something materialized out of this. In the middle of all this, a quote unquote fan. It, it well, was a plan. Okay, we get yeah, to, yeah. So <laughs> right away, because we, we got to finish with the fan. But anything else? That yeah, we'll finish with the fan. <laughs> the match starts, and Hogan tries to run away. Starts climbing. <laughs> And then Piper, and according to Bobby Brain, Bobby the Brain Heenan, he does this next indecent act, I'd say, <laughs> because he wanted to, quote unquote, chew him out or chew him up, whatever he said. Yeah. And I, which, you know, most people thought that was metaphorical. <laughs> nope. Piper comes out and bites Hogan's butt. His right cheek to be specific. And then he starts biting him elsewhere for the next two minutes. <laughs> I guess that's where John Moxley got the idea. I was like, this is how it's starting. Okay. <laughs> Trevor's like, all-time classic right here. Anyways, yeah, fan so thing. So then, so then they're a, a fake fan. It, it was a plant, by the way. I didn't know. Okay, I didn't know. <laughs> okay, this this was a plant? This was a plant. Okay. This was a plant. Oh, okay, because okay, I didn't, I couldn't tell if it was... I didn't know either. ...a fake one or somebody actually ran in. Well, when I, I started going... getting questionable, when I, when I thought it was it might be a plant, is when Hogan and Macho Man went over and started attacking him. Because they weren't actually punching him. Right, right. That's so I'm like, okay, they wouldn't, they wouldn't if it was do a real that fan, if it was they, a real right, fan. Right. If it was a real fan, they would actually start attacking yeah. this guy. Wrestler, wrestlers are trained to where if someone runs in the ring, you beat the crap out of them. And, like, no charges are ever levied against the wrestlers. Because, like, the course, well, like, yeah. you weren't supposed to be there. So well, I would I would assume it would be equivalent to tre- trespassing or something right, like that. Right, yeah. right, right. Well, cause, like, unless, like, they kill somebody, obviously. Like, right. Some, but, you know, if you... You know, you give a guy bruises and bloody nose. Sure. Like, no, no judge is going to look favorably upon him. No. You. But, yeah, so it was a plant. He jumped the cage. The fake stings tried to hold him down. Hogan and Piper came and, quote, unquote, beat him up. And that's how the pay-per-view ended. ended. What? <laughs> yeah. I- that fan is supposed to draw viewers the next night? Like, well, what a... What was the point of that? What are they doing? What money are you drawing? What payoff or build was there in that? Nothing! That's why I thought he was fake for a while, because it's like, oh, yeah, we have to end it now, so we just stop showing this fan running the ring. Made no sense. Give the fan plant the title for God. Give like, the plant fan. That's what the fans want, probably. I mean, that's basically what they end up doing when they give it to Arquette. But, we'll hopefully Let's get to that. Let's never get there. <laughs> David Arquette has redeemed himself in my eyes. Um, he's working very hard on the indie scene these days. Okay, so that's how the show ended, guys. No joke. Uh, Piper did get the win. He kicked out of two leg drops. See, I didn't even know that Piper won the match. <laughs> yeah, I almost it. forgot about that. But he did pin him. Yeah. That's that's how atrociously that's when the fan ran. In, the the <sighs> yep. ref ran in to the locked door. Yeah. So so Piper got the pin. I have no idea if this will lead to a title match because apparently this wasn't one. I have no idea where this is going. I have no idea what the heck's going to happen because it didn't build anything. So that's that. World War III is the next pay-per-view in November, and after that is the big one, Starcade 97. That's how this ended. I gave this match one star. Trevor? One, one star. One star? I gave it 0.75. 0.75. Maltz gave it the old goose egg. Zero. <laughs> All right. Dud. Well, at least it didn't go negative. Yet. At least it didn't go Something negative. for Hogan and Piper to look at. <laughs> Guys, that's Havoc 97. <laughs> that was horrible. That was atrocious. How, how long do you think this main event segment was? 40? 40 minutes with everything? Entrances, match, post-match shenanigans? No. No, no. I started no. it, and it was 25 minutes. Oh, really? That's, it felt like yeah, I thought I was going to say, I thought it was closer to about half an hour. Because when the match actually started, I looked at it, and there's 20 minutes left. Gotcha. Gotcha. So I gave five minutes for... Sure, course. sure. It felt forever to me. I... This could not... Because this is what counter-programmed... It wasn't on the same night, but, like, 
this was the cage match compared with Hell in a Cell WWF the same month. The same month. Well, can we say that at least they tried to recreate Hell in a Cell? <laughs> to, a seat, to, a, to, a, to, a, to a point? I mean, that was on the cage was on the floor. They, listen, people that gave any kind of craps about good matches compared to just star power chose which promotion they were going to go with after this month. <laughs> so, and big things are coming to WWF. Yep. They're about to get the biggest heel ever in the company's history. And I, I feel comfortable saying that. Oh, yeah. More so than superstar Billy Graham. More so than... I don't even know who else would compete, to be honest, besides those two. So, things things are changing. Things are changing in the industry in late 97. Guys, this has been Wrestling Rewind on the Wrestling Landscape Podcast. Uh, for Luke Larson, for Trevor Larson, I'm Lance Larson. Thank you guys so much for joining us. This was a blast. And thank you, dear listener, for listening. And take care.